It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 Three one three eight one four five six seven, or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And we welcome you into the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, May 9th, 2013. Thank you for joining us on the program tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is out of town tonight, and I've got a couple people in uh, the hot seats tonight to take his place. Uh, first to my right, my brother Joel Gwynn is here. Hello, Joel. Good evening. And uh, Eric Reynolds is to your right. Eric uh, is from Fayetteville. Eric, welcome back to the, the program. Thanks. Good to have. Good to be here. Thank you for being here tonight. So, as it for, takes two of us to make up for for Greg. I don't know if you can even. Uh, no, no. Yeah, I probably you probably. Good. Um, and uh, we're glad that you're here. We're looking forward to the discussion. Monty is behind the controls tonight. Monty, glad that you're here as well. Thank you, Jake. So it's we've got lots here. of we got lots of mouse, and so hopefully and hopefully there's some brains behind them, and we'll be all right. And so we look forward to, to the discussion tonight. Uh, looking forward to hearing from you. The number is toll-free, and the line is open, 877-381-4567. The email address is questions at collegeview.com, and uh, the use uh, the uh, web uh, the chat room is open to the right of your viewing window. So uh, we're looking forward to hearing from you on either of those avenues tonight. Uh, the, question, the first question from the chat room tonight uh, that we want to look at is, uh, did Greg get a haircut? I, I don't know. You're, there you go. So... Uh, uh, we're, uh, we're glad that you're listening, and uh, we want to talk about anxiety on the program tonight. Uh, the anxiety is a big problem. Huge. In fact, it. Uh, I'm, yeah. Right. I mean, I've seen some statistics. I, I'm worried that it's getting worse. Right. Yeah. I think there's no question that it's on. I mean, there's a lot of things to be anxious about. Right. And a lot of people are concerned about the direction the country's heading. A lot of people are concerned about the economy. Uh, with unemployment up and those kinds of things, the statistics show that as uh, you know, as those kinds of things happen, there's anxiety in general among the population. Uh, you is know, on the I rise. think this. Uh, I think the 24-hour news uh, networks are making the anxiety worse as well. Probably. I so. mean, you you got what? what the, just a few years ago, you got your, you got news maybe once a day for just a few minutes, and you didn't hear all that much. Right, and they'll once the topic hits, they'll run wall to wall with it until something else comes up. So like North Korea was nonstop. Right, because you know, they've got to have something to talk about, and it until, needs to be very shocking and very right. doom and gloom. I mean, it's not if if we heard that uh, they're planting flowers in North Korea. I mean, that doesn't make much news. Right. Um, so, yeah. So you got to think about that, and and we maybe want to talk about how you maybe limit your exposure to some of that if that's causing problems later on in the program. But you've got some statistics that show the prevalence of it. Yes, I was looking at uh, some statistics, and I saw that there had uh, – this was in um, 2008, but that was before the stock market had gone – had really okay. bottomed out. Yeah. It said 8 out of 10 Americans at that time were stressed about the economy, and that was up 66% from the previous year. 8 out of 10. So you can imagine if it was going up in 2008, and then the bottom fell out, basically, and in many ways hasn't recovered yet, there's got to be – a lot of anxiety out there about the uh, economy, just as for one thing. All right, that's one cause of the of the economy. Eight out of ten, almost. Uh, yeah, eight out of ten. Wow. 
Incredible. And they uh, they also did some other things in their report to find out what is it that causes stress. Yes. And here, here are some other things they found. Money, work, health problems affecting family, housing costs, job stability. Um, and, you know, Christians aren't immune to those things either. No, they're not. And uh, we'll talk about that. And we'll also talk about what the scriptures say about being anxious, about the things that uh, a lot of people are anxious about. Joel, you've got some statistics as well. Yeah, the National Institute on Mental Health uh, says about in a given year, about 40 million Americans from the age 18 and older, about 18 percent of which uh, suffer from uh, anxiety, uncertainty, fearfulness uh, and and what they typically uh, will define as as anxiety disorder, someone who's suffers with those things for at least six months at a time. So well, there are people in the United States, 18% of which, according to the Mental Institute, uh, National Institute on Mental Health, suffer from that for six months out of the year or greater. What's the percentage? 18%. 18%. So it's a, it's a big thing. Uh, part of anxiety is what we talked about. There are some things that are normal stressors. There are some things that just um, don't deserve the worry, but it's a problem that people have that consumes their mind, that consumes their their care, and um, we'll talk more about that, how we can help with that, I think, later tonight. I was going to say, I think the difference between the statistics on the 18% is that is that uh, people who have this long, chronic, long-term. sort of long-term. Now, and uh, before we go on, there are certain chemical problems, Eric, that uh, could cause uh, this, and uh, those would need uh, maybe some medical attention. That's what I, I'm not... You don't you know. know. I mean, I don't, you, you that's what I've been you told. You haven't done right. the research. Right, obviously. right. I mean, we... I think there's there's definitely people that that um, seem to have anxiety that that comes from something other than normal life experiences, and and that that see, and I think there are people that can help with those kinds of things, you know, other than your sort of typical stresses that that life comes. Having with. said that, I think there are many people and many Christians who are seeking the medical treatment route for anxiety that ought to be handled by following principles we'll look at in the scriptures tonight. I'm afraid that a lot of uh, in America, the crutch is the is the medical medical relief from that, rather than the spiritual that Jesus has given. There's no question; it's on the rise for yeah, sure. Sure, Joe. Yeah, and we're not psychologists by any means, but as Christians, and through using God's word and uh, putting that His plan in place in our lives, we definitely have an advantage, and we have tools that can help us overcome this anxiety. So we've got a, a, a serious advantage. If we'll look to God's word and, and put it into practice in All our right. lives. The number to call is 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. Kevin in the chat room in Hot Springs, Arkansas, has added Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, which will be a key verse in our discussion as we go along. We want to hear from you on the program tonight. What do you think about anxiety? I asked earlier today on the update list uh, five questions for our consideration. We'll look at those tonight, and we'll look uh, hopefully get your additions uh, to those uh, uh, answers that have been submitted at, eight, at questions at collegeu.com. Number one, I ask, is anxiety a sin? We want to talk about that. Is it? Is, is all anxiety a sin? Is no anxiety? What does the scriptures tell us about anxiety? Number two, what are some unnecessary causes of anxiety in our lives and how do we deal with these? There are some things that, as Joel mentioned, aren't worth worrying about. And so what do we do with those? How do we deal with them? Number three, what are some unavoidable causes of stress in our lives that can lead to anxiety? You know, things happen in our lives. We can't control they stress us out. And, uh, you know, the car breaks, uh, you know, the house burns down. What, what, how do you deal with those? And uh, number four, what are some sins that are closely associated with anxiety? I think if we allow this anxiety to have control of our lives, there's some things that will follow. We'll look at those. And number five, how can we uh, overcome anxiety? The scriptures have numerous instructions for us on how to overcome anxiety in our life. We want to hear from you 
on those subjects and those questions tonight. Again, 877-381-4567. Is anxiety a sin? What do you think, Eric? I would say not always. Okay. And it it sort of probably depends on how you define things, as, you know, a lot of times is the case, that there's there's definitely commands that say, do not be anxious. You know, and Jesus says that in the Sermon on the Mount, do not be anxious. You know, take no thought. Um, We're also told, do not fear in several places. And but as we look at other passages, we realize there there's different kinds of fear. And, and, you know, fear is a natural response to uh, a lot of different things. And I think anxiety, as you mentioned, you know, you you come home in the house on fire. I mean, anxiety is a natural response as well. Yeah. And so I think we have to kind of we have to look a little deeper. And um, there's even passages. I know that that one of the emails we received, Joel, there's even some passages that point to um, maybe perhaps uh, anxiety about the right kinds of things might might not be a bad thing. Okay. All right. So we're not uh, the scriptures aren't advocating that you have to be the on the far end of the spectrum of the type B personality where nothing gets your pulse rate up. You know, I mean, you just oh well. You know, it's not saying that, but we do have to make sure that we uh, keep our anxiety or our concern in check. And uh, and so let's look at um, at Clay's response. Clay in Columbia sent in an answer. He says. Not within and of itself. In fact, anxiety, deep care or concern for something or someone properly focused is in fact commended in the scripture, such as 1 Corinthians 12, verse 25. Erica, you want to read that for us? 1 Corinthians 12, verse 25. Uh, Clay says that's where Christians are told to be anxious for one another. Uh, I'm reading from the English Standard Version, and it uses the word care for that same word here, but it says that there be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. Okay. It's uh, the root word there uh, is, is translated variously in the different translations. but And it is the same word that is used in the passage that Kevin has alluded to, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. It says, be careful for nothing. Uh, careful. And some would say, be an- mine says, be anxious, anxious for nothing. For nothing. Okay. So that's the same. All right. That's right. Um, uh, Clay goes on. Uh, moreover, Paul said to be that one of the burdens he bore was his anxiety for all the churches. Again, this would be the translation you're reading, but the same root word, Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse 28. In uh, the English Standard, it says it uses the word anxiety here for the same root word, but okay. it says, uh, and apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety of all for all the churches. Okay. I think the uh, I, I was checking earlier the the King James and. The, the New King James say something like care for the churches. It's that same, you know, you can tell the translators are struggling to come up with the right English word, but it's care or anxiousness, but it's a deep concern, I think, is the words he uses, okay. and that's the that's the right idea. All right. Uh, in the chat room, maybe you can help us as we try to harmonize these concepts. Let us know what you think. Uh, is, is anxiety always a sin? Additionally, he commended uh, Timothy to the Philippians, saying, For I have no one like him who will be genuinely anxious for your welfare. Philippians chapter 2, verse 20. Uh, same uh, root word there uh, that uh, Timothy was to be deeply concerned for their welfare. All three of these passages use the same word that is translated anxious or worry in Matthew 6, verses 25 through 28, third, uh, verses 31 and 34 of Matthew chapter 6. So being anxious or worrying about uh, worrying is not a sin when it is properly focused. All right, let us uh, know what you think about that. Eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. In the chat room, uh, John says to some, Jesus may have appeared anxious when he prayed three times. Luke twenty two verse four forty four uh, reads, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then was his then his sweat became like great drops of blood, falling down to the ground. I mean, I think that um, I mean that that would get pretty close uh, to being anxious about. Uh, 
what Jesus was about to undergo there, uh, as uh, John referenced in Luke 22, verse 44. Uh, John goes on, Merriam-Webster's defines anxiety as a painful or apprehensive uneasiness of mind, usually over an impending or anticipated ill, uh, that being fearful uh, fearful concern or interest or a cause of anxiety is what how Me- Webster defines anxiety. A painful or apprehensive uneasiness of mind, usually over an impending or anticipated ill, that sort of sounds like what Jesus was doing there in Luke 22. In another passage in John 12:27, he said, Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I've come to this hour. So in, in more than one case, and then later talking to the disciples, he said his soul was is troubled within him. And, he, and then get in the garden, uh, he was sorrowful unto death, and all of that was in anticipation of what was going to happen. So clearly nothing wrong. With, with, and we would think Jesus wouldn't be human if he knew he was going to die the next day and he was just right. laughing about it and, you know, yeah. or, or unconcerned at all. Yeah. He wouldn't, we wouldn't even be able to relate to him because that, that a, human, a natural response to impending trouble is to be concerned about it. All right, 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. Monty is behind the controls. Monty, your thoughts, is is all anxiety a sin? Well, like we've been discussing, there's examples of it when, when like Paul was anxious for the churches and whatnot like that. So, no, we can't say that all anxiety was a sin, but I think it has to do with how we deal with it. And, and it really, I think it have to do a lot to do with what we're concerned about Okay. because there are certain things we can be concerned about that are legitimate, like being concerned about spiritual welfare for ourselves or our family or others that we're concerned over. That's a legitimate concern and excuse. But there's other things that we tend to get all concerned and worried about that in the long run of things, probably in a year or two years or ten years, we won't even remember them. So it really wasn't worth being worried about. And Jesus talked about not being worried about certain things because God clothes us and takes care of us. And he talks about the lilies of the field, how they're clothed. And, and Solomon in all of his glory didn't have as good as didn't look as nice as they do, and that he cares more about us than he does the, than the weeds out in the field. All right, that gets us to the Matthew chapter six passage, Eric. Well, and I was just thinking about uh, Jesus' example, mm-hmm. and we're talking about how, when does anxiety become a sin? Yes. Uh, maybe one more thought on that. Combining that with the Paul's thought comment that be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God will guard your hearts. Look, Jesus is a living example of that, that he was very um, distressed. But what did he do? He prayed, and he was comforted, in fact. And then he set his face to go do what had to be done. And so he didn't let his anxiety prevent him from doing the Father's will. And so he had that natural response, which I think we all experience. But he was in control of it, and it wasn't in control of him. Self-control. All right. Excellent, excellent. John uh, adds another definition uh, to anxiety, an abnormal and overwhelming sense of apprehension and fear, often marked by uh, physiological signs as sweating, tension, and increased pulse. John says, I found this especially interesting in relation to the example of Jesus. So, all right, so uh, I think it does. Uh, it, 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 anxiety is not necessarily a sin, but it is can be a sin if we allow it uh, to overwhelm us and control the way we act. Now, on to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 on the Sermon on the Mount. We'll get to that on the other side of the break. Jesus said there are some things that you flat out should not be anxious about. We're going to talk about those, and that relates to the second question we asked you earlier today. What are some unnecessary causes of anxiety in our lives? How do we deal with these? You know, is it, I'm I'm worried. uh, I'm worried that uh, something might happen uh, to my dog, and I can't can't function. I'm overwhelmed by, or 
I'm overwhelmed uh, that um, my bank account's not looking too good. I've got a lot of bills coming in. I'm overwhelmed. Is that uh, justifiable anxiety? Let us know your thoughts. 877-381-4567. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. After these important messages, we'll be back to take your comments. Email them during this break. Hi, I'm Wade Shelton. In 1 Peter 3.15, the scripture says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. You see, we believe here at College View that we should be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks us. And I believe that we are dedicated to this cause. That's why we here at College View bring you the virtual Bible study each week. Our hope is that you will join us each week here on the virtual Bible study in hopes of strengthening your faith so that you will be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you. Please join us here every Thursday night on the virtual Bible study. I know that it's worth an hour of your time. Hello, I'm Nick Law from Jennings, Florida. I love to listen to the virtual Bible study and hear God's Word taught every Thursday night. Use your Internet connection for something good. Listen to the virtual Bible study every week. Now, back to the program. And we're back on the program tonight. Appreciate you being a part of the program. We're looking forward to hearing from you. Uh, The chat room is open tonight to the right of your video window. If you're not signed in there, it's very easy to do. No personal information is required. You can be chatting with other listeners in the chat room tonight. We asked the question, uh, what are some unnecessary causes of anxiety in our lives? Uh, along those lines, uh, Kevin says, how often do our cares today mean little or nothing tomorrow? And we do need to keep things in perspective. And Clay in Columbia says, first world problems are unnecessary causes of anxiety in our lives. He says, we Americans have a lot of problems that the rest of the world, or nearly all of civilization for that matter, could not possibly comprehend. Uh, we've got so many things that, uh, that we're worried about that really are insignificant. And uh, we need to be careful that we don't... Um, that we don't um, allow those things to become uh, a cause of anxiety for us. Along those lines, Eric, Matthew chapter 6 is a passage that uh, that has to come into this discussion where Jesus tells us, don't be anxious about certain things. Right. Beginning in verse 25, he says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. And then he says something very interesting. is not life more than food. And the body more than clothing. Yeah. Talks about our focus there. So if our anxiety is over physical things, physical in nature, God's told us, trust in him, don't worry about those things. That's one way I think the anxiety can be sinful, like we talked about, is if our anxiety is causing us to focus on things that are physical and taking our attention away and our focus away from spiritual things, then it's going to become consuming and consume us in the wrong direction. It's amazing that he says... Is not your life more than food, basically? And if you boil it down to what we need to survive, you get down to food and water, and a lot of people would add clothing and shelter, and Jesus basically says, "Don't you know that's not what life's about. There's something even more fundamental about life than simply feeding ourselves. And that's, if we were to boil it down, if you take God out of the picture and you boil it down, that is the, that's his, at its essence, providing something to eat so that we can live another day is what we would think would be the a baseline you know, level of concern. But he says there's something more important than that. So that would rule out all the other higher stuff. And I say, well, how am I going to be able to afford a vacation this year? Or what are we going to – the bathroom has to be updated. I can't you – know, that, that rules all those out. This is – we're down on the very fundamental, as you said, 
uh, components of life, and even those things we're told don't worry about. You know, like we have the ability now to, to get on a computer and track our, an investment or something. Yeah. You know, so I've got, you know, in 25 years or whatever, I'm going to hopefully have this money, and so I can right. see it and I can watch it go up and down. And But, I mean, here he's talking about what you're going to eat and drink. That's a very immediate kind of a need, and he says don't be anxious about that, all which, right. as you say, rules out, of course, all the other higher things that, that we probably are what we actually worry about usually. All right. He goes on, and it's, I mean, it, you can't get around what he's saying there in Matthew chapter 6. Right. Look at the, he points to some other things. The, the birds of the air, he says, they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour of span to his life? And why are you anxious about clothing? And then he says, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. So, you know, Jesus makes several points, I think, here about why you should not be anxious. Uh, he's he's kind of given them different things to think about. Um, and, and the first one was that you've got a more important purpose than even just eating. Right. And he doesn't say here what it is, but he tells us elsewhere that, that, that what our more important purpose is, and it's doing the will of God is our true purpose in life, and that is really the only thing that we ought to be worried or concerned about if we make that first, and that's where he gets to at the end of it. If that's our number one thing, then these other uh, needs are going to be taken care of. So then if, that's, if we know that's true, why worry about it? Why be concerned? Why, why be anxious if we know that um, God's going to provide? All right. Um, in the chat room, John says, while the apostle Paul says, be angry and do not sin, do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil, Ephesians 4, 26 and 27, it may be accurate to also say, be anxious and do not sin. And do not let anxiety compromise our faith in God. Uh, that's a that's a good uh, a synopsis there, John. Appreciate that. that. John goes on and in, uh, in references Matthew chapter 6, verses 33 and 34. He says this really emphasizes the point. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about his own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble, Matthew 6, 33 and 34. It does get back to our focus there. Right, and I think he, he brings up a good point that a lot of what Jesus says, especially in the Sermon on the Mount, is almost like the wisdom literature in the way that it's presented. And... So, you know, if he says don't don't take no thought for tomorrow, well, you take that literally, um, I shouldn't make any plan. I shouldn't even care what I'm going to do tomorrow. How am I going to pay my bills next week or what? You know, but that, clearly that's not what he's saying. Don't plan. Don't think ahead. Don't make a spreadsheet. Don't make a budget. Don't don't add up your money to see, you know. We know there's other places where he talks about um, who builds a tower without first counting the cost and thinking about it. So he's not talking about don't think about the future, don't plan, or don't don't make effort to it. But it is a matter of, where our emphasis and our trust and and um, how we can get so focused on those things that we they become anxious about them, and that anxiousness can become simple. It begins to crowd out and, and, and destroy our faith. Okay. You know, ultimately, if we wasn't having Funny. any thought at all for tomorrow, we wouldn't be concerned about whether we was going to heaven or not because that's in the future sometime. We don't know when, but that's out in the future. So if we weren't taking any thought at all for tomorrow, that would – we couldn't consider our salvation, whether we have it or not. So we, we know that literally that's not what he's talking about, but he's talking about in a representative or figurative sense. Don't get all tore up about what you're going to worry about, what what's what you're going to eat tomorrow, what you're going to wear tomorrow, where you're going tomorrow, because that's not near as important as serving God today. Well, the whole idea of sowing and reaping that the, the scriptures refer to so often, in our, uh, you know, that, that, that concept, I mean, 
nobody nobody could plant a garden. I mean, you'd be you'd be violating the instructions of Jesus if you plant a garden because you're not going to eat it today. And so you're you're working for something that's going to be in the future. Uh, so it's got to be kept in, in perspective. Right. And as a head of a household, um, it would be irresponsible to not consider tomorrow and make plans and, and work and save and, and budget and, and have food in the house and think about what you're going to eat. So right. that's not – I don't think that he's saying you, you, you should never think about those things. But it's just in a, a matter of uh, – by, by way of contrast, that shouldn't be what consumes us, but it's easy to get consumed with those earthly things and let that be the only, and it crowds out, like you said, the spiritual things. So it's a matter of getting the cart and the horse in the right order as far as having our focus on spiritual things. And then it's amazing how all these other things tend to work themselves out if our primary thing is, well, and that's, that's a matter of The problem is that it's going to be that That's way. right. All right. Uh, let us know your thoughts. Looking forward to hearing from you on the program tonight. How do we deal with these things, Eric? How do we get uh, these unnecessary uh, causes of anxiety? How do we how do we deal with them in our lives? Just the focus. Well, there's I mean there's a, there's a few things that Jesus points out here. Uh, one of them is the, that remember what's most important. Remember what your purpose is. Life is more than that. Another thing he points to is look at look around you, and you know he points to the birds and the flowers. Right. And I think he makes an interesting point there, by the way, about how Solomon uh, was not arrayed as one of these and and uh, I would suggest that perhaps he's he's speaking that from remembering what Solomon looked like in all of his glory, oh. and, and saying that he didn't compare to these. He, he knew. He knew. He knew, right? <laughs> and he yeah. made the lilies too. So, yeah. right? so it's yeah. pretty. But um, you know, as we look around at God's providential care in nature, and then we look at how God has providentially cared for us, mm-hmm. it should be a great source of comfort that um, you know I can look back on my life and I can see how God has taken care of me. I can look around and see how God takes care of nature. I can see the type of father we serve who takes care of things and provides for things and has provided for me, and that should help me then be at ease about things that would otherwise maybe I would be anxious. Monty, uh, we've all been through difficult times. Uh, God's been faithful to us uh, throughout all of them. You know, I think back, it's been eight years ago now when my wife came down with cancer, and that should be a great overwhelming thing to us. And not bragging or nothing, but the the people I worked for as I was going through that process and all says, well, it hasn't affected your work. You know, how is it that all these things is going on, surgery, chemotherapy, radiation, and you don't act like anything's going on, like it's not a problem. But I think it's because I knew that if she lived, we were going to be all right. And she's a Christian and a faithful Christian. If she dies, she's going to go be with Jesus. So... And really, that's the better thing when you get down to it. We don't want to lose our spouse or any loved one, but ultimately, that's the best thing that could happen. So the way that I think that helped me through that, and also the people here at College View took such good care of us at that time, and I don't know how people go through these things that don't have a faithful Christian family, church family to to help them through, but I had all of that going for me. I knew what our ultimate goal is, is to go to heaven, and we're all going to die someday. And so, we've, like I said, we've all had our hard times, and if we've got our priorities in order, we're going to get through them. That's right. That's right. Well, along those lines, John in the chat room adds, it is the arrogance of one's own self-reliance, which James t- talks against when he writes, instead you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall do this and that. Uh, Eric, I, I, or Joel, a lot of that anxiety is because uh, we think we actually can control it by worrying. Yeah, it's and been, realize it's in God's control. It's in God's control. And back to what Monty was saying about health, we see so much on the, the news, doctor shows, and, and society is so consumed with health and worry about, am I getting sick? Am I getting cancer? Am I going to make it? 
And that's uh, strictly physical. And as Christians, we don't have to worry about that. God's going to take care of us, and uh, ultimately it's all going to work out. And on this issue of control, I think that's a huge thing that we like to feel like we're in control. And so if we feel like we've got everything sorted out. We've got all our barns built. We've got the barns built. We've got the stuff here. We've got the 401K going. We've got, you know, it's all taken care of because I've seen to it. Right. Well, that doesn't take a lot of faith. That's me trusting in myself, and there's a lot of danger in that. Right. But Jesus makes the point here when he says, in verse 27, which of you by being anxious can add, and this is a, a question of the translation, mine says, a single hour to his span of life, and another would say uh, like a cubit to his stature or something. But either way, it's the same thing. How can, by just worrying, how is that going to help me control things that would otherwise be out of my control? And the, the answer is it's not. Right. I mean, I can sit around all day long and, and just wring my hands and, and stay up, you know, as one of the Pro- Psalms or Proverbs says, eating the bread of anxious toil. But it's not going to change, um, you know, what's going to happen tomorrow. Or, or uh, Those things are out of my So sooner or later, I've got to have enough faith to say that it's in God's hands, as Bonnie talked about. And once we realize that God's in control, then it's really a matter of I, I have faith. I trust that he's got it under control. I'm, I have to be willing to give up control. And that's hard for some people to say, to acknowledge that I don't have control over it. It's not me. And be okay with that. Right. But that's where that's where the faith, I think, really has to come in. Uh, you, as you're talking, First Timothy chapter six, verse seventeen came to mind. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. So these things of the, of, of the world, the uh, material things, they are certainly unnecessary causes of anxiety in our lives. We need to be careful and guard against those. I asked next, and we'll talk about this on the other side of the break. What are some unavoidable causes of stress in our lives that can lead to anxiety? Joel, you know things happen. Um, maybe, uh, you know, maybe some kind of catastrophe strikes. Maybe you're diagnosed with an illness. Maybe your loved one's diagnosed with illness. Those are stressors. Those can cause anxiety. How do we deal with those types of problems in our lives? We'll talk about that on the other side of the break, and we want to hear from you. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study will continue right after this. Did you hear what they just said? Call in during this break and let everyone know what you think. The virtual Bible study continues after this announcement. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. Lots of years and more than 100,000 miles had left their marks on my old pickup truck. It had a peculiar habit of stalling if you didn't play the gas pedal just right in cold weather. And the transmission required a special talent in order to find third gear. In fact, because of its various idiosyncrasies, I'd become the only one who could drive that old Ford with any success at all. Local congregations can be sort of like that old truck. Sometimes we hear criticisms like, they're not friendly, or no work is being done, or they just don't care enough about other people. Now, these judgments may be true, but on the other hand, it might just be that you are not aware of what's happening. You may not know about the work that's being done. At first glance, you would not notice the good sister who carries food to a family that has experienced a serious illness or a recent death. You won't be able to see the brother who offers some money to help another in need. Seldom can you detect cases where vital words of encouragement are directed toward a weak Christian. You may not recognize those who extend hospitality to visitors, the extra Bible studies being held to convert lost sinners, the many kind deeds being performed. These, you see, are not being done to be seen of men. One disgusted fellow who borrowed my old pickup truck returned it and said it was only fit for the junkyard. I knew that he just didn't know how to drive the thing. 
Some who criticize the local church just haven't taken time to get to know it and to appreciate the good work that is being done. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. Hi, my name is Zach Coleman, and when I'm listening to the virtual Bible study, I love to hear comments from other listeners. So please join in tonight's discussion by sending an email or by making a phone call. The address is questions at collegeview.com, and the phone number is toll-free, 877-381-4567. Missed a recent virtual Bible study program? Listen to any of our past programs from the archive section of our website. Now, back to the virtual Bible study. We're back on the program tonight. We're glad that you're here as well. We want to remind you this program is brought to you by the College of Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about us by visiting our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com, where you can find our directions to our meeting place and our times of uh, meeting. And you'd be welcome at any of our assemblies. If you have any questions about anything that you've heard on the virtual Bible study in the past or what we might believe or practice, we would encourage you to contact us anytime at questions at collegeview.com. We'll also remind you that if you uh, have anything that you'd like to discuss in this format, perhaps you have a question or a topic that you think would be good for discussion on the virtual Bible study, we welcome that at any time. Again, at questions at collegeview.com, at, quest- at collegeview.com or the virtualbiblestudy.com. You can also find out more information about how you can podcast this program and also re- yeah, recent sermons that have been presented at the College of Church of Christ. Check us out on the Internet, the virtual Bible study. Com. We're talking about anxiety on the program tonight. My brother Joel Gwynn and Eric Reynolds are here together today with us talking about anxiety. It is a problem, and it is a problem that the Scriptures teach about extensively. We've got to be careful uh, that we control our anxiety, and that's basically been the consensus and the conclusion as we've looked at anxiety. And we've seen places where Paul was concerned. Jesus was obviously concerned before his crucifixion. But how we direct that anxiety, how we control that, keeping that under control is clearly what the scriptures tell us we need to be doing uh, with our anxiety. And uh, we asked the question earlier today, what are some unavoidable causes of anxiety in our life? Joel, life happens, things happen, and um, uh, there's some things that will stress us out that we don't have any control over. Right. I think those things that we don't have control over are typically what stress us out the most and can consume the most of our worry. Uh, worrying and stressing about things that we we can't do anything about. So worrying about them won't make them any better. Uh, We'll talk more about prayer later. Praying is one of the best things we can do about something that we're worried about we know is out of our control. Uh, We just had some members here uh, that had a son who was uh, deployed overseas and was in a a, a real hot spot. Uh, What a tremendous source of anxiety that would be to have one of your child that you love in a a place getting shot at. Um, It could be consuming. It could consume you. You could worry day and night. You could lay awake and not sleep, uh, concerned about the well-being of a loved one. We can see how that could happen. Uh, But as we look to God's scriptures, we realize that's not how he wants us to be, and that's not how we have to be. So those type of things can worry and make our lives absolutely miserable. We can be in torment because we're so full of anxiety, so full of worry, uh, and, and typically those are things that, that worry revolves around something that we absolutely can't do anything about as far as I can't go and turn a button and turn it on or turn it off or make it go away. It's out of my control. I think one of those things that we worry about that's out of our control as well is uh, job security. I don't know if it was really the way I picture it, but it seems like there was a time maybe before even us, you know, when somebody would start at a place and work there for 40 years and and then retire and then live on the pension or the retirement, you know, till, till they died. And it just seemed like those days are gone, it seems like to me. And um, uh, even companies that before would be what we would think of as, you know, just now, you, you, there's no promise. And maybe that's good for us, you know, because it's probably an illusion anyway. 
that there's some security in something other than God. Right. But um, now, uh, more than ever, nobody knows when there's going to be, uh, you know, things are going to, there's going to be turnover. There's going to be uh, a place shut down or purchased by some overseas company. And, and um, so that's something that some people would be obviously have to face is the uncertainty of tomorrow. Right. All right. We'll hear from you on the program tonight. Let us know your thoughts. Um, Kevin has an interesting passage. Uh, he references the parable of the sower in Matthew chapter 13, verse 22. And the one who, on whom seed was sown among the thorns is the man who hears the word, and the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. He says we don't want to be considered the poor soil there. Right. In, that, the, that, in the English standard, sense. it uses the word cares, and I bet it's that same word because we were looking at it earlier. Is it care? Is it worry? Is it anxious? I mean, look at that. But it is the, uh, yeah, that's uh, 1322. Matthew 1322. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but it is the idea that these things can overwhelm us if we allow them to right that there's those there's that, that is the principle of yeah. there's a principle of um time management mm-hmm. you know where there are things that are important and there are things that are urgent yeah. and sometimes the urgent things aren't really important you know yeah but if we're not careful we focus on the urgent things and we forget what's important yeah. and that's definitely and i think that really may be at the heart of what jesus is saying in matthew 6 um not that it not that we shouldn't care what we're going to eat but that if if it's easy to get distracted by that so that we forget what's really important. And right. that's, I think, what the parable of the sower is talking about, these weeds. They, and, and it starts slow. And that's the way anxiety would work, is that it, it's going to start slow and it's just going to grow and blossom into something that, that totally chokes out the work. Money? You know, it just come to me a second ago that if we would think about it, if we would go back and read the book of Ecclesiastes and all the things that Solomon talks about, you know, chasing after money, well, that's vanity. Uh, building great monumental construction projects that's vanity all the things that we think about normally that we would give our worry and concern to solomon has done told us it's vanity because ultimately if i live to be a hundred it's not going to be that long till all those things are gone and i won't have them anymore because he even talks about that building up wealth and properties and possessions sooner or later you're going to die and then it's going to be somebody else's and are they going to manage it as good as you did so ultimately all these things that we consume ourselves worrying about one thing or another it's all vanity. What we need to be focusing ourselves on, as Solomon says at the end of the book, is fear God and keep his commandments because that's the whole duty of man. If we'll do that, that one important thing, everything else will take care of itself in the long run. All right, great. Uh, Eric, you had a passage from the Psalms that you felt uh, fit in well here. Well, and to add, before I go to that, to add one thing, I think, in fact, it's, it's the opposite of what we would expect. You would think that if, as you build up material things, you'd have less to worry about. I mean, right. we, we would think. Right. And yet, I think experience, and I, I, I yeah. think there's scriptures that would say, although I, I have to um, I have to think if I can find one, but that, yeah. that actually with all of that wealth comes anxiety yeah. and concerns. And right. if I'm not mistaken, even uh, that's mentioned in Ecclesiastes, that, that he rises while it's yet dark and stays up. And, 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 and yet, what's the point of all that? Because somebody else is getting to enjoy what he's doing. Right. That with the, with the blessing of all these things... And that's that goes back to what uh, Clay said about first world problems. We're richer than everybody else in the world, and probably have more anxiety than than people who literally right. live hand to mouth and you know right. don't know where their meals coming from, and they probably don't have the anxieties that we do, which is uh, ironic, sad. And ironic, sad. Yes. Okay. And the verse I mentioned, I, I was trying to think of it earlier before the break, and um, it's Psalms or Psalm one twenty seven one and two. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who labor. Those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. 
it is vain that you rise up early and go to late go late to rest eating the bread of anxious toil for he gives to his beloved sleep and i think that's a good picture of a uh, somebody who's got a problem with anxiety they're up late they're eating this you know the figurative there but that bread of anxious toil just sort of churning yeah. concern can't sleep can't rest and it's saying if if God's building the city, if God's, if you've got Him in your life, then you can go. To, he gives to His beloved rest. You can go to sleep. He's in control. He's in control. All right, excellent thoughts. Eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven is the way you contact us tonight on the phone. We want to hear from you on the program. Um, so we've got we've got unnecessary causes in our lives that we may uh, present that we cause the stress in our life. We also have some unavoidable causes of stress in our lives, some things that happen to us that we have to deal with. But in it all, we've got to remain in control of that anxiety. We've got to focus on on what we know from God's Word. We've got to keep our priorities and our focus in the right place and not allow this anxiety to consume us. And so uh, we want to we need to understand that as well. Now, as we uh, go on in the discussion, I asked earlier today, what are some sins that are closely associated with anxiety? Uh Clay, oh, let me—I forgot Clay's answer to some of these unavoidable things. He says other people's actions uh, are 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 some causes of anxiety. It has. I mean, what what are they going to do? You know, uh, what 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 have they done to me? And and worried about that. Uh, how do you overcome this? He says uh, prayer, teaching the word, exhortation to remain faithful, and more prayer are ways you overcome that. Thank you, Clay, <laughs> for that. Um, and then uh, I ask uh, number four: What are some sins that are closely associated with anxiety? Uh, Clay focuses on those material things, and he lists two, greed and covetousness. Those certainly would be the result of uh, some of that anxiety. Uh, Joel, you, you, you're, uh, you, you're worried about what, what am I going to eat? You're worried about uh, my financial security, and you become uh, greedy. You become covetous because you see someone else who has more, and you assume that that makes him stable, and he doesn't have uh, any anxiety, and so you become covetous of, of those others. Yeah, the New York Times actually wrote an article and said one of the leading causes they felt like in the United States where we were such so prone to suffer from anxiety was that we were trying to keep up with others around us, keeping up with the Joneses, if you will. You know, the neighbors all got new cars. I can't afford a new car. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? How am I going to get a new car so that I look like everybody else driving up down the road to, the, to Walmart? Uh, and focusing on those things like the parable, sort of the, the deceitfulness of riches, those things can choke us out. We can focus on that and, and totally forget what's most important. All right. Eric, what are some other sins you think that would be associated with uh, with anxiety if it's unchecked and not controlled? Well, I was thinking of the uh, sort of the same thing that the, uh, the same one sort of came to my mind about the materialism, um, you know, kind of the opposite of focusing on the, the, the kingdom would be just focusing on earthly things. And so... You know, I guess there would be sins of omission in the fact that we fail to do the things the Lord wants us to do. Kind of like the one talent man who said he was afraid, and so he buried his talent, and you know, when when it did nothing, and that was what he was punished for because he just didn't do anything with what the Lord had entrusted him with, uh, because he said he was afraid. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. So the anxiety just paralyzes you. Right. And you you don't you don't act at all because you're worried about what could happen. Excellent. All right, Monty, any thoughts, uh, any uh, sins that you think of that uh, would be associated with uh, this idea of anxiety? 
Well, as we was talking about with the covetousness and greed, a lot of times I think people, that that may be the cause of a lot of the illegal activities going on because we're worried about are we going to have enough money so we'll go steal something from somebody because I can't afford it. Or we'll get into selling something, maybe illegal drugs or something because we got to have more money because if something bad is going to happen and i got to have the funds to cover it. Okay. So I think people let this worry and stuff get overwhelm them to the point they do all sorts of wicked things that they shouldn't or wouldn't do otherwise if they had their focus in the right place. All right. I, what comes to mind is, in, in my mind, is Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. Anxiety is going to work counter to that. It doesn't cause me to trust in the Lord with all my heart. It doesn't cause me to... Uh, acknowledge him and let him direct my past because when the anxiety starts up then I begin to interject my think so's and my will in how am I going to solve this problem and so those are some things that could be a result of uh, anxiety in our life. and ultimately as we know we're told in Hebrews 11 6 without faith it's impossible to please him and when the disciples panicked for instance when the water's coming over, over the sides of the boat um, they panicked and they go to Jesus and wake him up and they say don't you care? We're about to die. Yep. And in that moment, they had lost their faith. I would say it had got washed overboard too, because he says, "Oh, you have little faith. You know why? What, what are you so afraid of? Basically, yep. you know, where's your faith?" Yeah. And you know, would what would he expect them to do? Just to sit down and watch the boat sink? Obviously not. They should right. be concerned. Yeah. The boat's filling with water. They got to work as hard as they can. It's a it's a it's rightful that their pulse would be increased and all that. But in the midst of all that, we can't let our faith be lost we can't stop trusting in god to that he's going to take care of us it's going to be all right yeah there's a there may be a point where that um uncontrolled fear and anxiety becomes sinful in its lack of faith right uh here uh, john says he's known people who become so worked up over a situation they stay home from worship services bible classes there'd be that paralyzing uh, effect that we've talked about and john's observed it firsthand funny you know i know someone who uh was having a lot of health issues and a lot of things going on in their life and someone went with two of them and was talking to them and as we talked about a while ago prayer helps us with these anxieties and they asked that person well have you prayed about it or or are you praying about it and they said no i don't pray anymore it doesn't do any good anyway Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i think the problem was they had their own as we often do our own expectations of how god ought to fix this problem for us and when the problem didn't get fixed the way they wanted it's like well what's the point i'm not going to do it anymore but they had become overly anxious about these issues and weren't willing to accept that god as we discussed earlier god was in control and it's going to work out one way or another but they let it overwhelm them to the point that they lost their faith all right uh, that's certainly a danger let's go to a break and we get back there are numerous passages that tell us, uh, give us instructions on how to deal with our anxiety. We need to look at some of those. Uh, Eric, you had a thought before the break? Okay, you did. Okay. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll get to the top of the hour. We'll, we'll get your thoughts. How do we overcome anxiety is the final question, and will the Scriptures tell us how to deal with our anxiety? We'll look at those on the other side. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. Now you can listen to a podcast of a recent sermon every week. Find out more at collegeview.com. There's more of the virtual Bible study right after these important messages. I'm Tom Goodall, a member of College View Church of Christ. Do you have a question about what has been said on the virtual Bible study tonight? Perhaps you disagree with something that was said, or would just like more information about what you've heard. If so, we'd love to hear from you. Please contact us with any questions or comments that you might have. Email us at questions at collegeview.com, and we can discuss any of your questions or comments with you privately or over email. Or if you would like to speak with someone in person, call us at 931 381 
888-344-4567. Our promise to you is that we'll do our very best to give you a Bible answer for anything that we do or teach, and that we will do so in a loving manner. So if you have any questions or comments about our program tonight or any Bible subject, email us at questions at collegeview.com or call 931-381-4567. Thanks for listening to tonight's virtual Bible study, and we hope to hear from you soon. I am Nestor Sanchez from Arica, Chile, in South America, and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. And this moment, I invite you to participate in this program, too. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. The virtual Bible study continues. And we're back on the program tonight. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. Plenty of time to take your thoughts. And we want to look at the scriptures on dealing with anxiety now. Lots of passages, Joel, tell us about how we need to deal with this anxiety. Jesus tells us in the Sermon on the Mount not to be anxious about certain things, and uh, the Scriptures go on and tell us how to deal with that, how to how, how to, to fulfill the instruction. Right. So a lot, some of these uh, ideas might overlap some, but I think, first of all, we'd have to say we need to employ the power of prayer in our Christian lives as we try to yeah. overcome this, this uh, fear and this anxiety. And in the concerns. chat room, Kevin says how many situations would be greatly capitalized, improved if prayer was used, and that certainly is the case. That needs to be a, a, a primary tool in our toolbox. Right, right. Philippians 4, uh, Paul obviously had a lot of stress in his life. A lot of people out to get him facing possible persecution, but what did he say there in Philippians 4, verse 6? Uh, be careful for nothing, the American Standard Version, in nothing be anxious, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known to God and the peace of God which passes all understanding shall guard your hearts and your thoughts in Christ Jesus this says don't be anxious what are you supposed to be doing don't you got to replace those nerves you got to replace that worry with something what do you need to be replaced with with prayer and supplication give it to God tell God what's troubling you tell God what's on your mind and then as Christians we have that blessing that no one else can understand like we can the peace of God which passes all understanding, uh, shall guard your hearts and your thoughts in Christ Jesus. So we can find that peace. That's what, if you're burdened with stress, you're burdened with anxiety, you want more than anything, you want peace. You want comfort. And and Philippians 4 tells us the way to do that is to pray to God. All right. Got to gotta, gotta pray. I, I remember somebody asking uh, one time, for some explanation about that piece that passes understanding. I thought, <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> but perhaps it's it's even hinted there. I don't know exactly what Paul meant by that, passes understanding, but it almost seems to imply that there's, there is a, a, uh, a piece that we may not even be able to describe the source of it, but we can experience it, and what a blessing that is. That, that um, I, I believe that's in, in whatever way God works in that way, in answering prayer. One of the things is that peace that guards our hearts. And certainly that's a calming uh, thing that uh, would overcome some of this anxiety. Uh, in fact, it's kind of the opposite of anxiety, I would say. Right, and that's what you're right, saying. Right, right, right. There's anxiety and there's peace. Yeah. And prayer moves us kind of from one to the other, I guess. Okay, all right. Anything else, Joel? Well, uh, coupled that with prayer, obviously we need to have faith and trust in God. Okay. If that prayer is going to be uh, effective. Well, and, uh, if it's not, I mean, the prayer won't be effective if we don't have the trust. Right, right. Okay, so that has to go with it. First uh, John 5 tells us that uh, we can overcome all things, uh, anything this world would, would, uh, would uh, throw our way. First, uh, First John 5, verse 4 and 5, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, 
And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? Okay. All right. So we, you, you've got to have trust. If, without the trust, the anxiety will control us. It will be crippling. It will overwhelm us. We won't direct uh, or control it as we should. We've got to have trust in God. Excellent. Right. Proverbs uh, 3 and verse 5, a familiar verse. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on thine own understanding. Part of anxiety is we don't know how it's going to work out or we don't, we can't see a good end or we're concerned that there's something bad is going to happen to us. We don't understand how we're going to get out of the tight spot that we're in. Yeah. Don't lean on our own understanding, Proverbs tells us, but trust in the Lord. John in the chat room references 1 John 6 verses, or 1 John 1, I'm sorry, James 1 verses 6 through 8. Uh, James talking about praying for wisdom. He says, let him ask in faith, not doubting, for he who da- or the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man and unstable in all his ways. And I would say that, I think we would all agree on this, but it's something I remember wondering about. Like, does that mean I have to believe I'm going to get what I'm praying for? No. Clearly not. So it's what kind of faith or doubting would you say he's talking about? We, faith that God can do what we're asking, man, that, that, and that He's hearing us. And, that, and, and, that. and I think there's more than that because, like we was talking about earlier, when we're in this trouble and we want relief for it, and we've got, and maybe even specify, God, please help me out, do this for me, or whatever. But I think when we've got that ultimate faith in God, we know that no matter what we ask for, He's going to do what's best for us. And yeah. and what I perceive to be the solution to the problem may not be a particularly good way at all. It, it may be the only way I can see to fix it, but it may not be a, not only not the right way, but not even a good way. Yeah. But I have faith that God is going to do it the best way for me and everybody concerned. Right, absolutely. All right, um, anything else, Joel? Well, long that long as the trust, David in Psalms 23, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Okay. So uh, obviously then I think trust is probably the number one tool, trusting in God that we need to have and couple that with prayer. But there's more. Um, we can find comfort in scriptures we know from Romans chapter 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, verse 4 tells us, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through Patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Eric, how might we find comfort in the scriptures, and how might they give us hope? Well, I'll tell you one, as I was thinking about earlier as you were talking, um, you know, we say trust God. Well, somebody could maybe need a little help with why I should trust God. How do I know God's going to take care of us, take care of me? And I think Paul gives us this point in uh, Romans 8, 31, 32, and he says, What shall we say to these things if God is for us? Who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? And he goes on to say nothing's going to defeat us. And uh, if I understand what he's saying there, if we look at the cross and we, we see what Jesus did and we see God's love for us, we begin to say, well, if God did that, if God sent his son to die, he loves me, he's going to take care of me. Right. And so those are the kinds of things that we find as we as we study and we learn about God. We learn what kind of God he is. We see how he's taken care of his people throughout history and all that's recorded for us here. And we see ultimately the cross and what Jesus did for us. Then we have a confidence that a God who would do that is going to take, is going to, he's got this under control. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have a, we have a history to work from. Here. All right. Good. And I, Joel, I think uh, another thing we need to do is uh, we need to be busy. Idleness uh, is uh, certainly a uh, 
an opportunity for us to become ancient. You know, we've all heard stories of people who are just so uh, troubled and stressed and, and full of anxiety that they, they can't even get out of their house, and they just uh, they just uh, kind of build a build a prison around themselves and, and are consumed by uh, all these negative thoughts, all these all these worries that they have. And one of those ways we need to we need to be busy. The Bible tells us we need to do that. Uh, we don't you don't have to look very far uh, uh, among. Uh, Elderly or those around us that are in terrible situations and worse situations than we are, you know, yeah. we've got a lot of times good health, but we may be worried about something. Uh, we can we can go visit others. Um, we can be busy doing good for others. That makes you feel good when you do something good for others. It takes the the emphasis and the the view and the perspective off of yourself, and and focuses your attention on others. And I think when we take that uh, perspective and be less selfish, more more thinking of others. We're less likely, I think, to have anxiety. Ephesians 5:12 says, "The sleep of a laborer man is sweet, whether he eat little or much. But the abundance of the rich shall not suffer him to sleep." The idea there that we need to be uh, be out busy and working. You think of a man who's out working all day, laboring. He hits the pillow and he's he, he's, he's asleep before he even his, closes his eyes and hits the pillow. Uh, uh, that's kind of the opposite of someone who just sit around all day worrying and feeling sorry for himself. Mm-hmm. Sits awake all night, can't sleep, consumed with worry. All right. And uh, I think, uh, Eric, as we talk about this quickly, we need to wrap things up, but we've got to be content. I think anxiety often arises from people who aren't content. Uh, Joel, Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13, Paul said that he had learned whatever state he was in therewith to be content. How, how much of our anxiety would be erased if we were just content with where we were? And, uh, not uh, uh, upset about the certain things in our lives that we can't control. And Paul talks about in First Corinthians, I mean First Timothy six, the love of money and all the trouble it causes. Yeah. Um, and people have pierced themselves with many troubles, and it's a snare, and you know, being consumed with physical things. And in fact, in fact, it's in the context of Matthew six, right before he talks about uh, don't worry. He yeah. says, "No man can serve two masters." And he talks about laying up treasure in heaven, if I'm not mistaken. That's the, let me just look to make sure I'm not, I'm not steering you wrong there. But yes, so verse 19, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And then he says in verse 24, no one can serve two masters. Then in verse 25, don't be anxious about your life. So it is in this context of um, being so focused on earthly things versus being focused on heavenly things. Yeah. And if we're content with the earthly things we have, whether a lot or a little, like Paul said, if we're content because we realize it's we can't take it with us, it's passing away, um, then it'll free up a lot of that. Anxiety. All right. Uh, well, it, it's been a good discussion. As we talk about anxiety, Eric, you were talking during the break about experiencing certain terrible things in our lives. And Monty mentioned uh, uh, a serious illness with a loved one. Those things um, are very big stressors on our lives. God still expects us to keep our anxiety in check and under control. And, Monty, on the other side of those things, dealing with those things, I think you would agree that it builds your faith, as James chapter 1, verse 3 tells us. These things will build our faith. And looking back on the other side of those things, when dealt with appropriately, you come out stronger on the other side. I, I believe you do. And I also think it teaches you a lot about when Jesus talks about seeking first the kingdom of God and all these other things be added to you, it teaches you a lot about priorities because then on the other side of it, things that maybe at one point in your life 
would have been a big deal to you, you could look back and say, look, in comparison to this other, that really doesn't matter all that much. You know, you learn not to let things, maybe you've been a sensitive person, you, and kind of like we're talking about somebody's got a chip on their shoulders, we're real sensitive about what other people say and we're quick to take offense. Well, after you've gone through some big thing and, and come out the other side from it, you realize that the things people say really don't make that much difference. I mean, there's no point in getting all tore up over it because there's bigger, more important things to deal with in life than that. And ultimately, it gets back to the fact that if you're living right, we all know we're going to die someday from something. The Bible teaches us we're all going to be tested and have trials and tribulations, so we don't need to give this woe is me, why is God doing this to me kind of attitude. We need to just accept, accept that this is a test. And I have the responsibility and obligation to come through it as a faithful Christian should. And then so we deal with it like that and do what we believe the Bible teaches us to handle it properly. And then everything's going to be all right one way or the other after that. All right. And uh, I think I, it reminds me of Psalm 37, verse 25, where the psalmist says, I've been young and now I'm old, and I've, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging bread. Eric, we can look back on our lives. We can look back on the lives of others. And we realize that God is faithful, and that will help to ease the anxiety we might experience and jesus says at the end of the whole chapter the last verse is don't be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious about itself sufficient for the day it's own trouble and i i can't remember which president it was one of them said if you see 10 troubles coming down the road nine of them will run in the ditch before they get to you or something like that so <laughs> yeah. it's a lot of what we worry about ends up not being a problem in the end and, and that's why it's silly to borrow the trouble from tomorrow and jesus leaves it as deal with the day and God will be there and he will see to it that you have what you need and if we you know if it comes down to it we just take it one day at a time and, and trust that God's going to provide all right couple verses from John as we conclude uh, he references for James 1 verses 2 and 3 as we mentioned just a minute ago that uh, that the testing of our faith produces a steadfastness and uh, he also references Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 and 2 and this is an excellent passage to conclude with uh, if you then have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. If we'll do that, it'll help. Uh, it'll remove a lot of the things that would normally cause anxiety. All right. Good discussion tonight. Uh, Joel, thank you for coming for your thoughts. And uh, Eric, thanks for coming from Fayetteville to join us tonight. Appreciate thanks for that. Me. And Monty, thank you for a good job on the controls. Thank you. Glad that you're here. And thank you for listening. Hope you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word. We hope you'll make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And in the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word of the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.